This is the Gridiron Show brought to you by Curry's PC World and GoPro. What a show we've got for you today. Doug Flutie, former NFL quarterback, is with us. Hall of Fame wide receiver Tim Brown. We'll have a chat about the 17th game proposal in the NFL. And we were at a little party with EA Sports where we spoke to a host of massive names from the NFL. And I mean massive names. That's all coming up here on the Gridiron Show. Brought to you this Super Bowl week by Curry's PC World and GoPro. Pro. This is the Gridiron Show brought to you by Curry, PC World and GoPro. You'll notice the background's much quieter than it has been for other podcasts. That's because we're back at Casa del... Uh, what are we going to call it? <laughs> Sweaty. It's very, very manly and farty. boyish in here, yeah, isn't it's it? It's really farty. <laughs> uh, we're here for... Uh, well, we, we've come back uh, doing our TalkSport show on the, uh, on the Friday night. Myself and Ollie. The others have popped out to a rooftop party. They're hanging out with Carlson and Reynolds and Jason Bell and having free drinks and enjoying Miami. And we're back here in our pajamas, drinking by ourselves. I mean, and we've been in our pajamas now for about four hours. It's basically the best evening we've ever spent together, Ollie. It's pretty incredible. It rivals the evening of, uh, of when you and I drove from Ohio, no, Chicago to Ohio, and got delirious listening to Radiohead. Oh, what a day. It was a great night. A beautiful night. Uh, Don't forget, we've got one hell of a giveaway at the moment to bring you lucky people by any of the amazing GoPro action cameras online or in-store at Curry's PC World between the 27th of January and the 3rd of February. That's the day after Super Bowl 54. And you can enter a competition to win the chance to win a seven-day break right here in Miami, Florida. I reckon you'll be doing more of the rooftops than you will be the pajama nights. (laughs) Uh, 100%. It's with MVP travel, including flights, accommodation, and transfer. So you'll be staying at the brilliant Miami Marriott Biscayne Bay, a four-star hotel within easy reach of South Beach. It's an offer for two. doesn't have to be you and your spouse. You can bring your best friend. You can bring your kid. You can bring whoever you want. Your dad, your mum, your nan. They're all welcome, except, well, only one of them's welcome because it's a holiday for two. Website prices and offers may vary. Offers subject to availability terms and conditions at curries.co.uk forward slash Super Bowl. It's one entry per receipt, 18 plus only, and UK residents only. And also... We've got our deal on with the guys at Betfred. If you uh, enter Betfred40 as a new customer, when putting a £10 bet on the Super Bowl, you'll be able to get up to £40 in free bets. Now, it is just for new customers, just to verify, obviously, over the age of 18. Full terms and conditions are available at the Betfred website, and uh, full terms and conditions do apply. Please gamble responsibly. So, Ollie. I mean, we've talked about where we are and what we're doing. It's Friday night. In less than 40 hours' time, Super Bowl 54 will be in the books. Really? Yeah. I don't really know how to handle myself. And then it's another, how many Sundays until football starts? Oh, don't start with that. I think it's 31 Sundays. No. Isn't that bad? Stop it. Yeah, I know. We've got a brilliant game coming this weekend. Oh, what a game. And I think we'll be breaking it down. Oh, tomorrow's podcast. Yeah. Which is going to be epic. Brian Billick, Rob Ryan. Billick. uh, And a few others, I'm sure, that we can rustle up. It's going to be great. Rob Ryan was brilliant today, wasn't he? Oh, so good. And when Dana White walked past. Who's Dana White, Will? uh, Dana White, the head of UFC or the the top dog, whatever you'd call him, at UFC. And we were like... Dana, will you come on our radio show? And then Rob Ryan's just immediately in there, fist bump, hanging yeah. out. Best Rob mate. loves, uh, he loves the UFC. He, do you know how much Dana White sold it for? Go on. Four billion dollars. Yeah. I think it's probably worth double that now. So. And they kept him on as a, a CEO or whatever he does. So um, he's a big dog. We also met another big dog today. Um, Roman Reigns. <laughs> I'd love to meet Roman Reigns. He was, he was opening, at opening night. Opening night, yeah. Opening night. He's too busy being your lackey. Um, all, right, all right, Spike Dudley. <laughs> Someone called me Spike Dudley, and I had no idea who Spike Dudley was. It's Patrick. Paddy Jackson called me Spike Dudley. Uh, and then Will proceeded to show me a video of all of the times he's been thrown through a table. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That guy took some punishment. It was at least 200 times. It was madness. But, yeah, we also met... Um, again, our, our close personal friend, Deontay Wilder. I have a feeling he's not going to take up the offer of a ride in my Mini, uh, my, my Fiat 500, or um, kipping on your sofa. 
Yeah, I feel like it's a little harsh, but I think he definitely should take up both. I think he should take up both, but it feels like it's a bit more big time than that. There was a massive entourage again around him. Uh, he's really... I really like him. It's, yeah. it's 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 funny how when you interview these players, you meet these players, all people, all, all boxers, and players you're are people too, buddy. Yeah, I know, and you're just completely taken in by them. We we uh we spoke to Baker Mayfield today. We did, and uh, that kind of changed my mind on him. I thought he was brilliant. He was really self-deprecating, actually, and um, uh, t- uh, took the blame for. A lot of the team's performances said his performance was the worst it's ever been in his entire entire career. So, yeah, I thought that it was a really fun day. We got loads done and then we packed off early and came home. Oh, by the way, when I said we, go, we went to the EA Sports party and we got some big names for that one, later on, you're going to be hearing from, in no particular order, but possibly this order. Okay, go. Chad Ochocinco. Yeah. Chris Harris Jr. Okay. Derwin James. Uh-huh. Doug Flutie. Yeah. And Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Deshaun Watson. Oh, wow. Oh, and Tim Brown. Tim Brown. All of this coming up on the show. Yeah. I mean, and that was only half the people we spoke to on the red carpet. Yeah. It was barnstorming. It was a great day from us. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it would do so to us. It really was. It really was. Uh, let's start off, though, with Doug Flutie. And you were just mentioning how uh, Baker Mayfield and yada, yada, yada. A guy who's been compared to Doug Flutie. Slightly undersized, but with good hands, a decent arm for a smaller bloke. And Doug Flutie, I think, is one of those guys who was unlucky probably to come in at the era that he did and probably could have done so much more in the NFL if, if offense has been more suited. We do discuss that with him, uh, as well as uh, his CFL career, the drop kick, the Grey Cups, everything else in there as well. So let's hear from former NFL, CFL, Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback Doug Flutie. Uh, we're back on Radio Row. I'm delighted to say that we're now joined by Doug Flutie, former NFL quarterback. And, well, all round, uh, we, we spoke probably, I think, back in Houston and just a really lovely bloke. So delighted to have you on, Doug. How are you doing? Doing well. Things are great. Uh, living in Florida, having fun, surfing every day, being a bum. So other than that, uh, I guess the thing I'm promoting today would be uh, Doug Flutie Maximum Football. It's something you go online at Max footballgame.com it's a download and then also there's a hard copy available now but as far as the units uh, very customized game that uh, you can pick your teams pick your jerseys uniforms the rules of the game sometimes you can play canadian rules you can play american rules you can play college rules it's it's really done well with the college crowd uh this year came out and uh, was jumping off the shelves. I mean, it's perfect for you then as a Grey Cup champion, a Heisman Trophy winner and a former NFL quarterback, a pro bowler, I think, as well. So yes, sir. There you go. Cover it's it all. In all three. In all three. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> um, what, so you're in town, obviously, to talk about that, but how are you feeling about this game this weekend? I'm excited. I, I love Mahomes. Um, I, I just... I watch him play, and he looks like a middle infielder in baseball. It doesn't matter the arm angle. You know, when you feel the ball, and if it's down here, if you're going to your right, going to your left, it doesn't matter. Don't set your feet. Just make the throw. Look somebody off, make a throw. And he legitimizes everything I tried to do <laughs> when I play. It's like, see, you can do it that way, and it works. The, the, that brings me on to my question, which is, does Doug Flutie watch the modern game and see Kyler Murray getting drafted first overall and think, you know, guys, I could have done this. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, like, uh, the, shape, the, shape, the shape the Doug's in, I wouldn't be that surprised <laughs> if he couldn't get under center and still do it. I tell you, I, I do think that way. I, I watch the style of the offenses and I feel like, boy, I could probably thrive in these offense it's it's actually it's the style that i played when i played in canada yeah wide open stuff the zone read stuff the rpos of we would we did a lot of that stuff in the 90s in canada just if the if the corner comes off i'm throwing you the ball i'll pull the ball here i'm running on the edge if he decides to come i'll dump it to you run a fade route just in case it's all blitz and i'll throw it um all that type stuff we were doing up there but yeah i see these offenses and the the athleticism at the quarterback position. When I started, by the end of my career, it was getting a little more acceptable to, to be an athlete and move around. But definitely early in my career, it was so frustrating. It was tight formation, seven-man protections, drop back and stand in there and get the tar kicked out of you and throw the ball up the field. Uh, how many guys, particularly with the height question, how many guys do you think over the years the NFL have, have 
have ended up missing out on because you know you think of someone like Graham Harrell, yourself, so many guys who had these spectacular college careers and were essentially written off at the NFL level before they'd even had a chance to to show what yeah, they did. I, I probably just a handful. Yeah. Because especially back now with training the way it is, some of the smaller guys have big arms. Back when I played, I had a a relatively big arm, especially for my size. Uh, But there are a lot of the the smaller quarterbacks that have success in college did not have the arm strength to get away with it in the NFL. But the athleticism, no doubt. You know, there's, there's guys that were that athletic that could make plays and do things that didn't get an opportunity. But... The, the, the key factor is the smaller guys, do they have that big-time arm? And uh, a lot of them today really do. Yeah, and the prime examples of that, I was just thinking, he's not wrong, Kyler Murray, and then you think about, like, Russell Wilson, who a lot of people coming out, you know, he fell to the third round essentially because of what right. people saw as intangibles, what people saw as a size problem, and you'd probably, yeah, everyone's kicking themselves that he wasn't taken at the top of the draft. <laughs> yeah, point. I mean, and that's a motivating factor for the individual. Well, look at Tom Brady. You know, that way, you, everyone needs something that motivates them on a daily basis to try to prove somebody wrong. Whether, and, it, you know, it sits with you. If you were slighted because of your size, that's what drove me to play 21 years. You know, you, I'm still trying to prove them wrong. <laughs> I go out and play a flag football game every year, Super Bowl with a bunch of NFL guys, because I'm still trying to prove them. You know, and that's the way Tom, that's what motivates Tom, and that's what motivates guys when they drop in the draft and, uh, you know, you get a chip on your shoulder. It, it really keeps you driven. We yeah. saw we saw that with Lamar Jackson this year, didn't we? Where Perhaps. he uh, he fell to the end of the very first round. People said he couldn't throw, he couldn't do this, he couldn't do that. And man, he is uh, he's starting to change the way that quarterbacks are perceived now as well. When when things are not handed to you, and you feel like you're fighting an uphill battle, and you finally break through. It's number one, it's much more rewarding, but number two, it keeps you motivated to be there. Drew Brees, when Drew came to San Diego, um, he was backing me up at first. Then they gave up on Drew, drafted Phillip Rivers. Then he got injured, and when he went to New Orleans, had to reinvent himself. And, re- and that's, you know, boom, there goes his career. That's what, he, that's what keeps him motivated and driven. It, nothing was handed to them. How do you overall reflect on? on your career because that I, I can imagine as you've mentioned that is a frustration but you know mm-hmm. three great cups three great cup mvps heisman trophy you've, you've achieved lots of things that that most people never never did you know it, it i'm not going to complain i played 21 years and i never imagined doing that uh made it to a pro bowl had some very good years in the nfl uh, some great years in canada unbelievable memories and friendships you build over the years i beyond my wildest dreams but then you look back and you see the offenses of today and all and you think well maybe it could have even been better but you can't second guess you just keep moving forward my, I have family in Vancouver and I can't work out whether they'd be jealous that I was meeting you or still angry that you left them on great hopes elsewhere I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you know what the, the, the disappointment there was in the second year I was in Vancouver my brother just got released out of the NFL and came up and we got to play eight games together Wow. Darren and I played eight games together. He had like 900-ish yards in eight games. Um, and then he goes on to become a CFL Hall of Famer. But then I signed over in Calgary. I thought he would come over to Calgary the next year. We ended up never playing together again. And that, that's the one big frustration out of that whole what happened in Vancouver was that uh, my brother and I only got to play that half a season together. And I really would have loved to have had the opportunity to play you know, more. Well, obviously, we've got a, a brother or a, someone from a pair of brothers in the game this weekend in Nick Bosa, and we've seen the, the Griffins in Seattle as well. Mm-hmm. I, what, you know, from your family upbringing, what was it, do you think, that meant that you had two people who were successful enough to make it in professional well, sports? First of all, when your brother's with you and you're side by side, it's, it's you against the world. I mean, it was that way when we were little kids. We, we would take on the other neighborhoods. We played Little League together. We played... And it's, there's a comfort zone. We just played an adult baseball league and my brother was at short and I was at second base and he, he looks over he says God so much more comfortable with you at second base than the other guy because you you think alike you anticipate each other's moves you it's it's just a to be able to get to that level together uh, it's rare it's 
amazing if just one of you does it. And so it says a lot about the family. And in the Boza family, John Boza, the father, John and I played together at Boston College. And um, John was a top-round draft choice, had an opportunity to play, and then his, to see his boys do what they've done is just amazing. I'm sure he's a proud dad. Uh, you also, I imagine your greatest achievement is making Bill Belichick smile on a sideline. It's hard to do. <laughs> but, but, that, that is hard to do. It's just... Just that drop, that drop kick. I mean, it is what it remains to be one of the most iconic moments. Before we get his thoughts on it, Ollie Wilson, who's our play-by-play commentator, was at that game. Was he? And was like, "What time are you getting Doug Flute?" He was like, "10 a.m." He's like, "I'm going to be at the Chiefs." <laughs> he was desperate to be here to meet you because he was there as a young lad, not oh. that young. Don't worry. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing moment. It's really. How much fun was that? It was. It was a lot of fun because we had planned on doing it a couple of weeks earlier. And I thought about it the whole game, yeah. and it was a, I was a nervous wreck. This is going to be the last play of my career, okay? i got to live with this if I miss it. If I get, <laughs> this is, these are the things going through my head. The day we actually ended up doing it, we hadn't talked about it for two weeks. And I just happened to be standing next to Bill, and we were getting ready to score about five minutes ago, and he sees me, and as a reaction, you go, hey, we score here, you're kicking it. I didn't have time. To, we were already in the end zone. I didn't have time to get nervous. I ripped off the jacket. I was I'm 43 years old. I've been standing on the sideline for three hours. I'm stiff as a board. It's 25 degrees. <laughs> I, it's like, so um, to go out and do it, I didn't have time to think about it. Ran out, just did it. So I was glad it went that way rather than thinking about it the whole day. You absolutely nailed it as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a, it, what's hilarious about that is I remember Thomas Morstead, who was the guy who did the, the punt, for, to kick off the second half for, for the Saints. They'd planned that two weeks earlier in the same sort of fashion. He'd been panicking about it, panicking about it, panicking about it. Hadn't thought about it in the Super Bowl. And apparently, Sean Payton literally came in at halftime and as he walked past him, just went, oh yeah, by the way. And <laughs> <laughs> That's the be- it's the best way because you don't have time to just go do it. And, yeah. and we're good enough athletes. If you don't let your head get in the way, you go execute. It's when you start getting... Morstead was at SMU. Mm-hmm. Just after I had made the extra point for the drop kick, right? And um, I get there, and he's a young kid, and the, the SID at SMU says, Doug, you got to meet our punter. He was really excited to meet you, blah, blah, blah. He used to play rugby. He drop kicks. He's got a show. I saw him hit an 80-yard drop kick. Wow. He's- I mean, he's just got a beast of a leg, and you can hit the ball on the way up. And, you know, it was like shot out of a can. The height and the power, and it was – there's a spot in this game for, for especially punters to try on the last play of a half or a game, like a 75-yard field goal drop kick. I, I don't understand why we don't see no, more don't. free kicks. Like where, when you've, I, there were at least three or four occasions I can think of in the last few seasons where I've just thought, it's the end of the half. You've just received it there. You could actually go for a free kick now. And, and most guys, without that protection in front of them, with the size of the guy's legs the nowadays, they can, hit it. they can hit it from 70 yards when they've not got to worry about I mean, about they used to back the, Now they want the line. touchbacks, but they were backing the kickoff up to the, you know, they couldn't back up far enough. Yeah. So these guys can kick it 75 yards, 80 yards. If Morstead has ever told you that story, the best part of it is that he says, I went out with so much adrenaline, I did a few practice kickoffs, and I, was dr- I couldn't practice the onside, obviously, we'd give it away. And he was saying, I was so full of adrenaline, I was drilling them all the way out of the back of the end zone, and apparently he turned to the punter on the other side and went, you might as well not bring the team out, this one's going out the back. <laughs> <laughs> that confidence is just unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, you mentioned your feelings on Pat Mahomes for this weekend, but I think it is a game where... There's going to be so much focus on, on the individual and what kind of special stuff he can do. So how, how do you deal with that pressure in that situation? I think the, the key for me with dealing with pressure in big games and all that was to stay locked into your day-to-day routine and not try to block out the outside noise by doing the same preparation that you always do going into the game. Now, there's a buildup for Super Bowl that always happens. I say the number one thing, go out and get comfortable early. Don't lose the game on the first play. You know, I, 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 was, I just told this story. I went to Calgary from uh, Vancouver. I'm there for the first year. We're going to the Grey Cup. And the guys on the team are like coming up to me, go, just don't throw a pick six on the first play of the game, because that's happened the last two times they've gone to the Grey Cup. Just <laughs> Don't throw the interception for a pick six on the first play, right? So you, can, you can't win the, the game in the first drive, but you can sure lose the game. I remember the, uh, the first Super Bowl I covered was, the, was Denver-Seattle, where they had the, the bad snap. Mm. 
and and it just it felt like it just took the air completely out of the Broncos. And as much as I think Seattle were just always going to be the more dominant team on that day, it just it that just can sets kill you. the tone. It, it puts you behind the eight ball, especially uh, you know the way San Francisco plays. They're going to grind it out or attempt to grind it out. If you make those big mistakes, or if San Francisco were to get down by a couple of scores early, it's different from when if Kansas City were to. Um, so you just, I say this, and this is my approach mentally, but I, I don't know. I was when I went to Grey Cups, I was wheeling and dealing from play one, and then I watch, I watch, I watch Tom Brady. Big ball, it's a flute. So I watch Tom Brady, Tom, and I'm thinking, you know, throw your safe completion, throw a wide receiver screen, little hitch route, slant, something conservative. Tom comes out and throws a deep comeback to the wide side of the field on the first play of the Super Bowl, you know, from the puck. So, you know, the guys, they're, they're guys that just have that elite confidence and they don't care. Love it. Doug, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you joining us. And once more, where can we find out about uh, Maximum Football? MaxFootballGame.com. It's Mag- Doug Flutie Maximum Football, but MaxFootballGame.com. Uh, you can download it online, and you can also uh, get the, the unit, the hard unit. It's, I mean, I've got, I've got some, I've got some time today, so I'm absolutely going to be it's, looking into getting it. You know, yeah. I, I knew very little about it when they first came to me with this idea and all, and it wasn't even out yet. And I'd go do my interviews for college kids doing college games, and that's all they asked me about because they were all fired. It's got great ratings online, all that stuff. So they were they knew about it before I did. I'm going to buy this. There you go. It's, I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Thanks guys. That was our chat with former NFL quarterback Doug Flutie. And you can check out a video of that across at Gridiron social feeds, which we filmed on the new GoPro Hero 8 Black. You'll see just how great the capture looks because the Hero 8 Black has just three whole microphones. The quality of the audio on it is superb. And as you know, I am an audio nerd, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, you really are an audio nerd. But also, not only the audio, but if you look in the background, you can see... Go to at Gridiron on Twitter, and you see the um, you'll see the video. I think it's on our Instagram as well. Uh, is our Instagram at UK Gridiron? At UK Gridiron, and you can see all of the f- former Super Bowl logos in flag form banners. hanging from the ceiling. They're also known as banners if you have a vocabulary and you're not really tired. But they're they're in the background as well, so it really captures an awful lot on such a tiny screen. So the fact that it's so small is great for portability and manoeuvrability, but also captures a lot as well. I love the GoPro. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah, thanks. Because it's cracking me a kit. Let's move on to a Hall of Famer, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. So uh, This is Tim Brown, wide receiver of the Oakland Raiders, most famously. Yeah. There under the days of Al Davis. Just win, baby. He joined us on Radio Row, and uh, well, it was a hot conversation. We had him on earlier in the year. Talked some Antonio Brown and some John Gruden, who he obviously played under. We get into those topics again. Here is Hall of Famer Tim Brown. Tim Brown, if anyone asks for your credentials, just flash them that Hall of Fame ring, and they will immediately... Uh, <laughs> back on Radio Row. It's nice to be joined by a Hall of Famer and an absolute legend. A guy we actually had on the show last year, and the response to his appearance was fantastic from the UK fans, because there's a lot of Raider fans out oh, in the wow. UK. Yeah. Tim Brown, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys? Well, can't complain. Having a great day, and it's yeah. just got even better. Yeah. <laughs> how are you enjoying Radio Row this year? Uh, Back out, working the working the crowds. You know, I um, this is actually getting easier for me. The older I get, you know, I, I guess I'm smarter about how I do things, and you know, the energy you use early on, you know, save it for the, <laughs> the last part of the day. And uh, so now I'm in a home stretch, man. You know, it's, this has been great. I mean, if they let you out of the out of the, the hall, <laughs> right. given that you've uh, mislaid your, your credentials. <laughs> yeah. This happens to us all, though. So. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully this, this ring I got on my finger will get me out the door. But uh, if it doesn't, <laughs> we, we, we may have a problem. What I'm hearing is you're saying you conserve your energy for later in the day. So you're telling me that you come here, you take it easy, and then you go out and party. Is that right, Tim? Uh, well, I have my wife here with me, so that would be a negative. No part in for me, uh, you know, unless she's going with me. But uh, so we were out late last night for us, like almost midnight. You know, we we rarely ever do that. Uh, so, but now, you know, you come to Super Bowl, you do things a little differently. And um, so, I'm sure tomorrow night we'll be out extremely late. Uh, but uh, you know, it's all about it's all in fun. So I look forward to it. We talked going into the season about this this Raiders team, and I think there was a lot of negativity going into the year. I'll have to admit, I was one of them who thought sure. that with the 
you know, even with the draft picks and everything they had, that it would be a, a struggle to get it going. And I think Coach Gruden and a lot of people, they proved a lot of people wrong, wrong. certainly the first kind of 10, 11 weeks of the season. Yep, yep, yep. Tailed off a bit, but how happy were you with what you saw this year? Uh, I was super happy, super happy. Um, you know, I know from talking to Gruden almost every week that it was a miracle what was happening because they had so many missing pieces that they were plugging in holes, um, plugging in holes for that uh, it became very problematic at, at some point. But I think they were able to go out and purport themselves in a way where, you know, it didn't look like it looked like, oh, if they just make that play, you know, they, they have a chance to win the game. Well, they were actually happy to be in the situation to be able to, you know, make the play because, you know, you're playing guys out of position. You have guys who are out. Um, it just becomes very difficult. Today's football is totally different. You can't you don't have four of the same guys on the, on the team. You know, you got one or two guys. If those guys go down, man, or if you're in a situation where your you know, star receiver, you know, freaks out and now he's not on the team, how do you replace that guy? It's almost impossible to replace him. We talked about that because it was probably about three or four weeks before that kind of all started to to disintegrate. And I know, you know, the suggestion was from you knowing Coach Gruden that he was going to be, if anyone, yeah. the kind of coach who could yeah. who could get him, not in line, that's the wrong yeah. phrase, but Handle get, get, yeah, him, straight, him, yeah. get yeah. him straight. And and I well, guess if it's not worked there and it's not worked in New England, do, do you think yeah. it ever works for Antonio Brown now? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, when you have the Raiders who are known for um, having bad boys <laughs> and you have a coach who has said many times, and I'm sure he said it to the teams uh, the last couple of years, that he doesn't mind having a guy who's a little different than everybody else. You know, I mean, everybody can't be this guy, but he used to call it Dennis Rodman. I don't mind having a Dennis Rodman. The guy's a little weird, a little quirky, but he's going to give me 19 rebounds every night. I know he's going to give them to me. And, um, you know, that guy back in the day was Charles Woodson. I mean, Woodson didn't do things. I mean, sometimes he came to practice, sometimes he did. <laughs> you know, sometimes he worked out, sometimes he didn't. I mean, that's a remarkable you know, piece of news you know, for a man who's one of the best to ever play. The I, game. I, I never knew that about Charles Woodson. You know, you know, early in his career, man, I mean, the kid was, he was a kid that was, you know, trying to find himself. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, but he got together, you know, after two or three years and, you know, he became a, a great, a great teammate and all that stuff. But, but, you know, so if Antonio Brown can't, can't thrive in that situation, it makes it tough. And then you go to New England who is known for bringing in uh, veteran players also. And, you know, because of the situation, he gets released there. You know, you feel bad for him, and you certainly hope that, uh, you know, better days are ahead for him. Roger Goodell was asked about Antonio yesterday and said that the league's primary focus was getting him the help that he needs. Uh, I mean, if you, one of you reached out to him, but two, uh, do you think that's the, the, the crucial part? Because, I, I mean, he, he's behaving like somebody so erratically that, that you think that there may be some, some more underlying issues there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I thought about it, man. I do have his number. I got his number when he came to the Raiders. And I reached out to him one time um, when he was with the Raiders before all this started, and I didn't get a response. So um, usually when that happens, you know, to me that means there's a reason why I'm not responding. And um, so I have not reached out to him. I've, I've thought about it, but I think this thing is deeper than whatever I could say. And I think now that he has been put in the hands of uh, some medical ob observers, you know, in Florida because of that situation, then I think we'll get a, a better, you know, sense of what's going on with him. And, you know, hopefully good things will come out of it. There's, there's been a lot of talk, in fact, actually this week with the 49ers side of things where they've been bringing the guys certainly from kind of your era and, and just before guys like Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott back into the building to work with the team, making sure they feel more included. That feels like that's always been something that the Raiders have done. Like there's that kind of Raider for life mentality. Um, there is definitely a Raider for life mentality for sure, but um, it's sort of surfacey though. It, it's not, you know, it's not that, you know, I can walk in there and have an impact, I believe, you know, I mean, so it's a little different, you know, I, I think they, they are more than willing to help guys any way they can. They are more than willing to give you a ticket for a game when you come, uh, things of that nature. But as far as being in a mix, um, I can just say, I don't know, if, besides Willie Brown, you know, I don't know of any player uh, who has been in the mix like that, you know, uh, so... That being said, you know, I think that there are opportunities there that hopefully 
um, they will see that maybe they need to open up for some of these players. Well, it's interesting you say that because actually they were over in London this year and uh, we got a chat with Willie Brown who was an absolute delight and then he was on the sideline and I was doing kind of sideline reporting and he was living every single play of that comeback in that game mm. like he was a man a quarter of his age, let alone half his sure, age. Sure. So I, I think that shows you that when someone has a passion for the franchise and clearly some football knowledge, maybe that's a resource that's worth using. Yeah, you know... Um, but, you know, when you have that Al Davis mentality still in the building, you know, it could be, you know, a little tough to, to get that out, you know, and and there are a lot of people who agreed with, you know, some of the things. Again, Al was great about taking care of his players. You know, if there was a need, he would, he would be there in a minute. That's totally different than helping this organization, you know. And, and uh, so... It is what it is, man. You know, they know that I'm here. I'm available if they want. You know, we've talked about some things, and there's a possibility that some things could come about. Uh, but, you know, um, if they don't, you know, I'm going to be the biggest Raider fan ever and be up there to every game I can be up there for, you know. So. Well, how do you feel about the team moving away from Oakland? You know, I wasn't thrilled about it initially. You know, I, I thought that, um, you know, Oakland, you know, deserved to have a team there. Uh, but you hear some of the things that went on with the city officials. It, it, you, you have a better understanding of what's going on. Um, so from that standpoint, and the fact of the matter is, we got there in 95, you know, and here it is, you know, 2020. I mean, that's a little time to get something done. And, and for whatever reason, they chose not to make it happen. And, you know, um, Las Vegas stepped up. They stepped up. And, you know, so I think... Once uh, they they did that, once Vegas stepped up, it was a no-brainer uh, to to make that move because there's no other franchise in the in the league that could make a move to Vegas besides the Raiders, and <laughs> and um, so I, I think the city of, 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 of Las Vegas is happy, and I'm sure the Raider the Raider fans will eventually come around and be happy about uh, the team being treated like the team that, that should be treated like. How would you characterize your your overall um, memories of Al Davis in terms of your relationship with him? Um, you know, I didn't really have a relationship with him. I mean, I worked for him, and, you know, I would speak with him. I would, you know, say hello, and he would say hello. And every once in a while after a game, we would have conversations. But uh, to me, that's not a real, that's not a relationship, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, I had great respect for him. I hope he had great respect for me. Um, but um, you know, at the same time, you know, um, uh, you know, if not for him, you know, there's no doubt um, I'm not I'm not an NFL Hall of Famer because, you know, he was my motivation a lot of the times. You know, trying to, you know, prove to him I'm worthy. You know what I mean? By the way, how much would Al Davis have loved this Kansas City Chiefs team? He wouldn't have loved them playing. He may have came out with a red jumpsuit on. That's how much he liked them. <laughs> he would like to see him. So. Uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about the CBD company you're working with because yeah, this man. is becoming, you know, a, a really great thing for athletes. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, you know, I, I'm known as being a very clean guy. So when they came at me, I was like, hey, hey, you know, we can't be messing around here, you know. So, you know, they promised me, you know, they got right here on the box, you know, no THC, all that. Uh, but, you know, I didn't just take their word for it we did some research i had them to send me their research and um you know from that uh we we thought we had a good clean product and now it was a matter of did, does it work and um so they sent me some products man and i was literally blown away at uh, how quickly um they have a roll-on that you can you know i had a problem with my forearm at the time my wrist and uh, my shoulder um and so i rolled that stuff on man and literally in about an hour, I felt a difference. And I'm thinking, okay, that's all in my head. Let's wake up tomorrow morning because the pain will be back. And the pain was there, but not as much. And then I rolled some more on. And, you know, it's just been amazing. So so with that, I told these guys I'll be willing to help them. And uh, so right now they're doing a, a little BOGO 50 where you can buy one, get one free for 50% off. Uh, get one for 50% off, not free. 
and uh, they also have different levels. You see level two, level three here. They also have a level one product that, uh, depending on where you are, you know, you guys look like level one guys. Like, <laughs> you don't have many, many, I, I many I mean, you've mistaken me. I'm at least a level three guy. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's more levels they've got than <laughs> Well, level three, man, is uh, is uh, extreme. If you you level three, yeah, we got some issues going on. But uh, so, you know, I'm very happy to be partnering with these guys. They're trying to do the right thing and uh, clean up the industry. And uh, so I, that was something I could sign my name to. Well, that's fantastic, Tim. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully you, you get to go and enjoy some of that sca- those games in Vegas. And maybe, maybe they get you involved a bit. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. We're going to try and make it happen. Good man. Four days like no other. A festival like no other. For a bookmaker like no other. Bet Fred. Get up to £40 in free bets when you sign up using promo code CHELT40 and stake £10 on any Cheltenham race. Bet Fred at the heart of Cheltenham. 18 plus, new UK customers only. Available from March 6th to March 13th. £30 free bets credited within 10 hours of first bet settlement. Extra £10 free bets credited if first bet loses. Full terms at betfred.com slash promotions. Keep it fun. BeGambleAware.org. Fill the trolley with your favourite brands on rollback at Asda. A 38-pack of Fairy Non-Bio Capsules was £8.50, now £5.75. And Lenore Gold Fabric Conditioner was £4, now £2.50. Big brands, small prices. Don't compromise. Asda. Save money, live better. Selected stores subject to a Availability. Lenore, 1.925 litres. Ends 18th of March. This is the Gridiron Show, brought to you this Super Bowl week by Curry's PC World and the new GoPro Hero 8 Black Action Camera. Go check out the new GoPro Hero 8 Black, uh, available at Curry's PC World. We'll be uploading tons of really cool stuff we've captured on them across Gridiron social media channels all week. Good to the ES Wars party. Good save, that. Yeah, thanks. Mate. That was a really good save. Why was that a good save? It just was. I, I, I just halfway through that read, you were going to say something, but you didn't. You pulled it back, and I was really impressed with you. Oh, I love you. Buddy. I thought it was excellent. Um, how illuminating was the Antonio Brown stuff? It was actually quite. I don't know. It, Tim Brown wants to help, but he's not being allowed to help. Not only with D'Antonio Brown, but also the Raiders. I thought it was a really interesting interview. Really interesting. And you could see there was there was sadness in his face. Not great for podcasts, but have a have a think about what you've just heard. Was there sadness in his voice? Gen- genuinely frustrated yeah. with the fact that he wasn't involved yeah. in the team beyond the stuff he was doing either. And uh, big, big t- a lot of time for Tim Brown. He's always been excellent now when we've had him on and... and yeah, I hope he does get involved in the Raiders organisation in Vegas, gets up there to see games as well. Uh, let's head to the EA Sports Party. The EA Sports Bowl, Ollie, was uh, a, a magical evening, uh, the likes of which we've never experienced before. It was literally being on a red carpet with entertainment journalists was so weird. We were stuck... With their very bolshy cameramen as well. Uh, but we were next to a bolshy camera team with a producer and a presenter who could not be less interested with the sports stars. They interviewed one person in about two and a half hours. And the other side of us were a great group of lads who were interviewing everybody, but seemingly only asking one or two questions because they had some sort of some sort of uh, radio speak package to make about the Mamba mentality. They were good questions and got some actually some really good answers. But uh, we came across a, a lot of NFL players, some really massive names, actually. Massive names. Some formerly just retired, some currently in the game. Number one draft picks. It was um, it was a really, really fun evening, actually. And, and you and I looked fantastic. You in your purple suit and with the pink shirt, me with my blue suit, white shirt. White shirt. You looked a bit like, uh, you know, the big purple one in Equality Street. I mean, that's mean, but also very funny. Uh, whereas Matthew Sherry looked like he was just attending uh, a speed awareness course. <laughs> he really did. Wearing generic grey trousers and a plain white shirt. No, it wasn't a plain white shirt. Was it a striped white it was shirt? A, no, it was a striped, pinky, purpley shirt. But that makes it sound that makes it sound much more popping than it was. No, 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 because you remembered it as white. Ergo, bland. Sherry looked bland. He looked like, honestly, I love Sherry, but it was so bland, uh, and he could not have been 
less interested in being there. Right, let's hear from the guys that we spoke to the party, or a selection of them. There are a lot more of these to come. Let's hear from Chad Ochocinco, Chris Harris, Derwin James, Deshaun Watson, and Jalen Ramsey. Chad Ochocinco, what's it like to have the uh, Super Bowl back in your hometown? It's a good thing. I mean, does it make sense to have the Super Bowl anywhere else but Miami? Ooh. Think about it. The people, the culture, the diversity. It just it, it makes sense. No disrespect to other cities. But Minnesota, Super Bowl, 10 degrees... Come on. I mean, 10 degrees is a stretch. It was below freezing. It, that it was. So it just it makes sense. I'm not sure that the powers that be need to make a change and just have the Super Bowl here all the time. And how are you doing, man? You look like you're in fantastic shape. You look like you could still get out there. I probably could, but I get hurt. Honestly. When you see guys at the moment like Luke Keekley, etc., retiring early, are you surprised mm-hmm. by that considering? I mean, everybody personally is dealing with issues that we don't know about, which is why they're retiring early. Luke playing a position that is very violent, you know, as far as linebacker goes, um, it, it just happens. It just happens. Why exactly? You'll never know until they come out and say why. So 49ers or Chiefs on Sunday? Chiefs. You know football. You know the Chiefs are going to win. If anybody doesn't feel so, let me know so I can explain why. Oh, okay. I'm a 49ers fan, so please explain it to me. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> That's it. Well, thank you so much, Chad. appreciate your time. I love you. Chris Harris, cornerback of the Denver Broncos, joining us yeah. at the uh, EA Sports Bowl. Chris, how are you enjoying Miami so far? Oh, man, I'm loving it, man. It's, it's fun out here for sure. How, what was it like working with Vic Fangio this year? How did you feel about the season? Man, Fangio was good, man. He's a very intelligent coach. Um, I definitely love his game and what he does, and I'm looking forward to working with him again. I mean, the last time he was in charge with the 49ers defense, he took them to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Plus, they're going up against the Chiefs. I'm yeah. hoping you're rooting for my Niners, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've I, I got to go for the Niners just because my boy Emmanuel played for him place for him now so uh that's what i'm gonna rock with are you surprised to see him out there throwing so many blocks uh no he's always been aggressive blocker to do that so uh it's just hey whatever they ask him to do man whatever it takes to win a lot of rumors that denver are coming out to london this year to play the falcons would you welcome that would you be up for london oh yeah man i was always mad because uh we haven't been asked to do that so um hopefully uh they give us a chance to go out there and play out there in, in uh london for sure and uh, if UK fans, you know, they've got to stay up to like three, four in the morning. They're going to yeah. listen to this on TalkSport. Yeah. Tell them why they should be staying up to watch this game. Listen to this game. Stay up to watch this game because really you got the two smartest offensive-minded coaches with Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. And so you never know what's going to happen, man. Plus, you got the best quarterback in the league playing. So uh, you definitely got something to stay up to. You ever watch that Andy Reid offense from the other side and just think, what on earth are you doing? Uh, I mean, I've, I've played them the most probably than anybody. Yeah. So uh, just, just seeing how he involved, man, how they changed the offense, man, he's, he's definitely smart. And how special is Patrick Mahomes and how oh, unpredictable? Uh, he, can do it, he can do it all, man. He can throw off any angle and, uh, and run with his legs. So, man, he can, he's, and he's smart, so he can do it all. Well, if you stay in Denver, you've got to face him for a long time to come. I know, man. That's the only negative about staying in Denver is that you got to see my homes every year. But, uh, I mean, I, love, I live for those challenges, and I, I would love definitely competing against that for sure. Iron sharpens iron. Oh, yeah. got to play the best, man. Well, enjoy tonight. Enjoy Miami. Have a good one. Oh, yeah. No problem. Man. Hopefully, we'll see you in London. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, man. We need to, man. They need to bring us out there. This is a former cover star of Gridiron Magazine. We've sure. seen him when we were out with the Chargers and we're hanging out in Oakland. It's good to see you again, man. Good to see you again, man. What's up, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you feeling about, I guess, a disappointing season this year? Uh, you know, I'm disappointed about the season, but, you know, uh, you always get another opportunity and we get an opportunity this year to, you know, fix things. Now you guys have to move to L.A. a couple of years ago. Do you feel the weight in that city after losing such an icon last weekend in Kobe Bryant? Yeah, man, that was a tragedy of what happened, you know. Um, you know, it's just a sad thing, you know. It hurt everybody, you know. He was just not a hero. He was, he was an icon. And, um, you know, I just sent prayers out to the family, his family, and everybody else that got affected by it. Do you, well, do you think they're talking a lot about whether Philip Rivers will come back? It looks like he won't at this point. Yeah. With a new quarterback, what do you think the Chargers are going to do this year? Uh, I think we're going to bring in somebody else. Um, you know, we got to bring in a guy, and I feel like we're going to bring in somebody. So I feel like we, whoever they bring in, I'm going to be ready to play. I feel like you're the first person that's going to tell me the 49ers are going to win this weekend after the last couple have gone Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to go 49 I don't even go that way. I'm going to go 49 And finally, for UK fans who are listening to TalkSport, they're humming and hiring about staying up till like 4 in the morning to listen to the game. Why should they? What did you say? If there's UK fans who are like umming and are not sure to stay up till 4 a.m. to watch this game this weekend, why should they? Uh, it's going to be a, a, a great game. I mean, two great teams, a great offense and a great defense, so it's going to be a good game. Beautiful. Thank you, Devin. Appreciate it. Hey, Deshaun, 
Welcome to Miami. How are you feeling? How are you feeling after the season? No, I feel great. Came out healthy, man, uh, but we came a little short, but it was always good to be able to, you know, do what we did and, you know, and try to make a you know, run. And, you know, we made a lot of uh, improvements as an organization. You know, I got to ask you, what was your experience like coming out to London? Uh, it was awesome. You know, I love London. I've been in the past year, I've been there three or four times. So uh, it's definitely a place that anytime I go to Europe, I try to get to. So you've seen how rabid the UK fans can be, but some might be thinking, oh, am I going to stay up till three in the morning to watch this game, listen to this game? Why should they? I mean, of course, you're going to be, uh, you know, have a excited, you know, situation. Um, you know, have a lot of, you know, plays being made. And I mean, it's just, uh, you know, showing love and respect to, you know, each other. And uh, that's how it is. Niners or Chiefs? Uh, I'll probably go Chiefs. Oh, come on. NFC, you don't want an AFC rival to win, right? I mean, it is what it is. I'm always supporting the AFC, but I'm just going off of... I haven't played the 49ers this year. I played the Chiefs, so, and they're they high right now. And what makes Patrick Mahomes so special as a guy that, you know, you guys went head-to-head, you guys have similar skills in the pocket. What makes him so special? I mean, he's, he's a talented guy, makes a lot of plays, but he got a great support cast around him, too, and a great coach, so um, he got a lot of opportunities, a lot of weapons to make some plays. Appreciate your time, Sean. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Jalen Ramsey with a superstar corner of Los Angeles Rams. That was the first season in LA. How do you enjoy it, man? It was cool. It was only half a season, uh, but it was fun. I can't wait for uh, this coming up year next year, 20, this 2020 season, so I can uh, have my full year with the Rams for the first time. We were all pretty convinced that you picked the Rams because it meant you could still come to London last year. Uh, well, I didn't pick. I didn't pick the Rams. They picked me. That's how a trade worked. Uh, but you're pleased about it, then? Yeah, nah, yeah. I was happy. Um, I was happy to be somewhere else, uh, and uh, out out west on the west coast in LA, uh, on a pretty good team. So yeah. Do you see yourself there long term after you know the contract year this year? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I would like to be, but you know, business is business. And how do you feel about them moving on, or from Wade Phillips from leaving the team? Uh. You know, they just wanted to go into a different direction, so I just got to trust uh, that they, you know, making the right moves for the whole organization. Uh, I, I love Coach Wade. Coach Wade was one of my favorite coaches, uh, favorite D coordinator. Uh, we, I, th- I thought we had a pretty good defense. We had a couple slip-ups during the year, but we had a really a pretty good defense, and I think he'll land on his feet. He got a lot of coaching left in him. I assume you're rooting for the Chiefs this weekend, considering the 49ers are in your division. Well, I just got in that division, so it don't matter to me right now. And I ain't playing in the Super Bowl, so it don't matter. But uh, I think the Chiefs going to win. Yeah. Why do you think the Chiefs win? I think their offense just got too much power, and uh, their defense been stepping up lately. At the same time, if the 49ers do win, chance to play the Super Bowl champions twice next year, prove yourself against the best. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Okay, then. Appreciate your time. Have a good one, man. Appreciate you. This is the Gridiron Show brought to you by this Super Bowl week. I said by this Super Bowl week again. This Super Bowl week by Curry's PC World and the new GoPro Hero 8 Black Action Camera. Um, and also by our friends at Betfred. I told you earlier about the Betfred 40 promo code for new customers. Bet £10 on Super Bowl 54 and get up to £40 in free bets. Well, we've also got the usual double delight for new and existing customers and a £2 free bet for every touchdown. The double delight is uh, only on pre-match bets placed on the first touchdown scorer market in select games. Paid in cash full terms and conditions apply. And if you put your £2 free bet for every touchdown, that's if you place a single bet of £10 or more on the Super Bowl money line you will get £2 in free bets for every touchdown your team scores. So go ahead and check out your uh, your odds right there. Right, let's um, let's round off the, uh, the the conversation today with some serious football chat. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Ollie's, uh, Ollie's disappointed we're no longer slagging off Sherry's fashion sense. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all the way through that audio, I was thinking about it, I was talking to you about it, uh, there's only so much you can say. Uh, so let's uh, look at this situation with the 17th game. This is the idea that when the new CBA uh, with the NFLPA and the NFL is signed, which could be any moment in the coming days, it will include a 17-game schedule, two bye weeks and an extra neutral site game. It would mean more games likely in London, but also expansion into the likes of Germany. Apparently, they're not looking to go east at the moment, but that is a further possibility to go out to Asia, uh, certainly South America, beyond 
Mexico is in the conversation, as is Canada, as are college towns within the United States themselves. You know, taking an NFL game somewhere like Alabama, which doesn't have an NFL team but has a really amazing stadium and an amazing football following. You know, you get a team like the Cowboys in a town like that, and it would be amazing. San Antonio. Oh, in that, San Antonio. In that, uh, in that dome. Oh, but that's an awful stadium. Yeah, but it'd be fun to go back to San Antonio. The Alamo Dome. Yeah, the Alamo Dome. Uh, where else? I'd like to go and see a game in Alaska. Hawaii. All the good names. The Maracanã in Brazil. Oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be good? So, yeah, that was... Germany. Uh... I'd like to go in Germany. <laughs> you done yet? He's <laughs> just naming places you want to go on holiday. Specifically to watch NFL, but... Yeah. Okay, you keep thinking about that. In the meantime, we're going to hear Japan. our conversation I wouldn't mind going to Japan from our Talk Sport 2 show the other day uh, about the 70s. Australia. Game. So off the back of Richard Sherman's comments during the uh, Niners of media availability when he talked about how player health and safety, the league claims it's paramount to them until there's big money involved. And that's what he sees the 17th game as. To be fair, most players we've talked about have been relatively positive about it. But Sherman certainly did suggest that he knew of many players that that were moving away from what the NFLPA was suggesting, what the NFL was suggesting, and that actually the two parties were splitting apart. So we got into that conversation. And it started with us asking Ollie Wilson what the reaction was in the room from the fellow players and, uh, and press when Richard Sherman had his pretty strong comments. I think it's very good that Richard Sherman as a person is the man that's that's making these statements I think when you look at the situation between the owners and the players and the NFL it's it's something that it's not really new to hear this it's something that everybody has understood because when you look at the way that running backs have been dealt with in the NFL owners and coaches are starting to just use running backs until they can no longer run anymore and it leads to temporary shorter careers I think whereas running backs are seeing themselves as being used as the workhorses and feeling that they're entitled to more of that salary cap being paid you know that extra money that Le'Veon Bell wanted for instance when he had his contract negotiations with the Steelers and then sat out for the year and so the two parties moving further and further apart isn't anything new it's just nice to hear it in a structured coherent statement from a very eloquent player Goodell mentioned in his press conference yesterday that's NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell that he said on the 17th regular season game that safety has been the forefront and the number one priority of players we believe we've made the game safer and that they can reconstruct the schedule so it doesn't have an impact on the future of the game he talked about uh, other things with he- uh, health and safety like helmet models, new data which shows that actually if you add an extra bye week, the 17th game will have less impact on the body than just keeping it with the current system if they structure the bye weeks right. He, he came out pretty strong defence of the idea which, I don't know, suggests to me that he's pretty keen on it happening. Yeah, and it would be another another bow in his legacy um, if if this was to go through. Um, I think they, they could look at other things, maybe expanding the roster so that you can have more players, that, that there would be uh, less strain on those guys that are fit. But Matthew Sherry, you're an NFL historian. You've got a new book out. That's not the first time that's been mentioned uh, so far this week. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in and around when these things are, are proposed, the NFL generally gets its way, doesn't it? Yeah, as a, as a general rule, I mean... The, the last negotiations were contentious. Uh, there was a lockout briefly. It didn't af- affect any games. But certainly in the 1980s, we saw multiple player strikes that affected... You know, there was one season with, with a, a curtailed regular season. There was another season where they played replacement players for a few weeks. Um, so, yeah, it can go that far. I don't get the impression this one will. I mean, you've got to remember they're currently negotiating ahead of schedule. Um, I still wouldn't be massively surprised if there's an agreement before the Super Bowl because I think they would love to announce it. It's the 100th season, they would love to announce it this weekend. And and I think the desire to announce that might mean the players get a slightly better deal because of it. But, I mean, you said Sherman saying they're growing further apart. Every other report I've read is that that, that both parties are confident that the CBA that is on the table with 17 games will be great well and I I mean I love Richard Sherman as both a player and as a, as a speaker and he's spoken really well on all sorts of social issues in the past but it's interesting that <laughs> you have to pick him up a little bit there on the fact that he says well player safety seems to be paramount to the NFL until you know a certain level of money is reached at the same time I think part of the reason that we won't see a lockout this time and that the players are much more willing to come to the table is the money in the NFL is 
exponentially more than it was in the 80s. And these guys missing a few games is can be millions of dollars to some of these guys. Yeah, it can. And, and also, I think the, the other element is that it's all a negotiation. So Sherman's only putting a public face on the negotiation. The reality is that for the players, all what they want is the the way it works is a portion of the revenue is assigned to players. So they want that percentage increased. And there is a point at which that percentage increases to a level that the players will agree to this. And I would guess that is ultimately what happens. And we spoke earlier on to Eddie Hearn. Um, and, say, and he said, if there's, if there's enough money involved, fighters will yeah. get the fight on. Well, it's the same with NFL players. Yeah, absolutely. If, if, um, if, the, if the deal's good enough and they feel that that's the, the right amount of compensation, because that's effectively what it is, it will happen. So, yeah, money talks. I think the other thing is that American football is, in its nature, it's a dangerous game. Player safety is always going to be a problem when you've got guys that can run a 4-3, 40-yard dash at 200 pounds running into each other. I mean, injuries are always going to happen. So the NFL players probably do, well, they obviously know that and understand that. And perhaps this is Sherman just talking to try and sweeten the pot a little bit more for the NFLPA. When you talk about safety, at the end of the day, if you're an NFL player, you get into this job knowing what the risks are. And so those risks are painfully obvious anyway. And adding an extra game to it, I'm not sure, is actually the biggest risk that the NFLPA would be taking. Uh, what it might mean for the international game, though, is that if it does go through, you know, London is, is a host city which is ready to go on games immediately, now has two regular viable NFL stadiums plus Twickenham where they've held games previously. You know, there's always been talk about whether or not we could have a team over in the UK. This could lead to an eight-game regular season, which increasingly over the last two or three years, I up until probably 2017, everything we heard out of the out of the league office, including from the previous incumbent in the in the job that dealt with this very situation, Mark Waller, was 2022. We want a team there by then. That's our goal. That's our aim. That talk has cooled a huge amount over the last two years. Goodell did mention it, I think, on Sky when he was out in the... Like, he still said it was something they were looking at and were positive on, but I think increasingly we're looking at an increase in games and a 17-game schedule. The guys from NFL UK told us this. Getting four games in the UK is a logistical nightmare in terms of making it work for the schedule, work with the bye weeks, work with exactly how you can get teams to agree to it and when they can agree to it. And that's why increasingly they've been announcing which weeks the games will be on without announcing which games will be which week and that kind of thing. Having the extra bye week so that everyone can have that extra week and that week off after the uh, after the game is the, after the London games are done or the international games are done, I think it's going to make everything much easier for the game growing in the UK and, and it could be huge for us. And it removes the fact. I mean, the, the pre-season has become an absolute farce in which yeah. you know none of the stars really play anymore. So, I mean, yeah, I think the 17 game does make a great deal of sense. And I mean, I do understand the player the player safety concerns are, are significant, but. Yeah, I mean, it, in, for certainly for us in the UK, I think it will be really good news. To make it work, do you think there's any movement on the the day that it could be done? What day? So, like, the day in the week where you would have uh, uh, the 17th day, so, or 17th game. I'm not it sure, would be really. It would like, be an international day or... I, I think you'd see the window, the early window, more often uh, that they have on a Sunday now. But the problem is the hands are kind of tied because they can't play Saturdays during the season until the very end of the year because of college football and then you know the traditions are over here the Friday night is high school so Thursday is really always the only window that they've had properly open and I would I would guess that remains the show. This has been the Gridiron Show brought to you this Super Bowl week by Curry's PC World and GoPro. Don't forget we've got that fantastic competition available. Find conditions at curries.co.uk forward slash Super Bowl buy a GoPro action camera before the end of Super Bowl week, including the Monday afterwards, and you can win a seven-day break here in beautiful Miami, Florida. And don't forget to check out this stuff with Betfred. Betfred, 40 for, uh, for up to £40 in free bet when you place a £10 bet on the Super Bowl for new customers. Full terms and conditions apply. Uh, please gamble responsibly. Ollie, Ollie. Yeah, hello. 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 A- any final thoughts? Um... Yeah, we're, 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 what, 48 hours away from the Super Bowl, 36, or whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. We're starting to really get into Super Bowl chat and how the game's going to go. You'll get a really in-depth preview from us and some of the, 
the big names that we've spoken to over the last couple of days, especially Rob Ryan. Listen out for that chat. It was fantastic. Really enjoyed that. We spoke to uh, Brian Billick, who once again loved us, but um, more importantly, gave us some really interesting stuff to to ponder over. Uh, Josh Booty, the former NFL player and NBA player. MLB. MLB, sorry. Uh, NFL quarterback, MLB pitcher. Wasn't a pitcher, was he? He was, he was and he played for the Marlins. Well, there you go. All of those guys. But he he breaks down Patrick Mahomes' technique in actually being able to throw how he throws. So there's loads of really interesting stuff that we're going to bring to you over the next couple of weeks, a uh, couple of days. I'm really looking forward to it as well. And then we've got the game uh, that Willie and I will be going to. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, you can hear our commentary live on TalkSport, and we'll have a big preview show there as well. So get our preview show in the morning and listen to it. Then tune into that at 9pm and listen to that preview show. Then listen to the game on TalkSport. And if you're in a place to watch it as well, watch it while listening to it. Gridiron Party. Plus, there's the Gridiron Party. Yeah, That's the only thing a, you could do. It's at Bloomsbury Lanes. It's only a fiver. The best pizza in London um, that's only my opinion, but my opinion is generally fact. It's quite a claim. Yeah. Uh, you get to play bowling. You get to go bowling as well. I think there's pool tables and there's loads of other good stuff there as uh, also. So um, like my, you'll be with like-minded people drinking nice beer responsibly, eating great pizza. What else is more to love? Find out more at gridiron-magazine.com. Thank you very much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show, brought to you by Curry's at PC World and GoPro. Hi, everyone. It's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from LucasAid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Hey. I'll be joining Annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev <laughs> for the next 12 weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. 